So our world is feeling extremely out of balance these days. And lots of craziness going on uh, individually with people. And we need to even ourselves out, everyone. Mama. Welcome, parents, to Raising Amazing. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Gator-Warsh, board-certified pediatrician specializing in integrative medicine. And I'm Serena Vincent. I'm an actor, writer, and new mother. Join us in learning and laughing as we navigate through the messy path of parenthood. And together, let's begin Raising Raising Amazing. <laughs> yes, Serena, it's unfortunate. We really do seem to be out of balance in, in so many ways, um, and especially with our health. You know, uh, chronic disease continues to skyrocket. We've talked about this many times on the show, and so many parents are on at least one medication. So many adults are on a medication, and now, unfortunately, even so many kids are on a medication. And you know, sometimes we do need those medications and that's totally fine when it's appropriate, but any medication can have side effects. And, and I love talking about anything where we can work to minimize those side effects or minimize the medications that we're on. We want people to use a medication if they need it, of course, but you know, we don't wanna over-prescribe. We don't wanna do medications just because. And if we are doing a medication, we wanna do the smallest amount of it that we can and try to reduce the side effects as much as we can. Why wouldn't we wanna do that? Right. Absolutely. I totally agree. And, you know, I I think going back to our world, I have a lot of friends. I know a lot of people on antidepressants and different things like that. And those things also come with a lot of side effects. And um, we need a way to balance our bodies. Like if they're supposed to help us, then um, but they're depleting us, then there should be a way to sort of even things out. And I'm super excited uh, about our guest today. We talk with Sarah Morgan, who's the CEO of Even, and she actually created um, a medical food um, that you can take that sort of corresponds, right, the, uh, to whatever medication you might be on that does um, even the body out. So if there are side effects for a certain drug, then you can take this medical food that has tons of antioxidants and vitamins and different things and balance your body back out. Um, I don't know. I think it's genius. No, it's brilliant. I mean, I don't know why this wasn't, you know, created sooner. It's going to, I'm sure, do super well. And it's really just a cool thought because, you know, there's a million medications out there, so obviously we're not going to get something for every single one. But the, the common medications that people are taking every day, why don't we study those? Why don't we figure out what are the common nutrient deficiencies that you would get from you know, something that millions and millions of people are taking and then have a supplement to go along with that so that way, you know, if you're taking supplement X and that causes a vitamin D deficiency in all the people that take it, well, why not give people vitamin D with that to try to balance it out as much as you can? So, I mean, it's just, it's logical, right? It's, <laughs> why wouldn't you do that? I know, we should be doing that. Well, you do that, but everybody needs to be doing that. So, uh, let's get right into this interview. We have Sarah Morgan on the show today. Sarah is the co-founder and CEO of Even. She holds a master's degree in clinical nutrition, and for over 13 years, she ran a clinical practice in Denver, Colorado, where she saw a wide variety of patients. In addition to her patients' negative side effects, Sarah's own experience pushed her to find a solution as well. She, too, had suffered on medication, feeling like she wasn't herself. Even was born to solve that. We're so excited to have you, Sarah. Thank you for being here. This is just genius. Yeah, thank you so much. It's an honor to be on today. 
Yeah, thanks. It's great to chat with you again. And and I know that you have uh, had some uh, personal, uh, you know, there's a lot of a personal story to this and a lot of what you've been through that, that really helped spur this on. So I would love to chat about that first and your story of personal side effects uh, with medications and birth control uh, and how that led you here today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what I like to say is really the genesis of even happened when I went on the pill in my 20s, like so many women do. Mm-hmm. And I just quickly felt moody, off, not myself. I couldn't really pinpoint it more than that. Sometimes I you know, just wanted to cry. Other moments I was like rageful. And I went to my girlfriends, you know, they were my most trusted advisors. And I asked them, you know, are any of you experiencing weird symptoms while you're on birth control? And they said, oh, Sarah, welcome to the club. Mood swings, weight gain, headaches, low libido, digestive issues, Mm -hmm. you know, breakouts, the list goes on and on. Isn't it fun? And in the moment, you know, while we were all laughing, because I think it's very relatable for most women, I knew deep inside that there had to be a better way. And I really, I'm a why person. I wanted to, you know, figure out why this was happening and what the solution was. So fast forward for me, I went through my educational process, worked in clinical practice, as you said. And what I started to see was this pattern where people were using these medications that their conditions required And at the same time, they would report these clustering of symptoms. And I started to see the, you know, this kind of pattern over and over again. And when I started to dig into the literature and I was looking at their blood work, I saw blatant nutrient depletions, all these different biochemical um, imbalances that were directly related to the class of medication and something called MIND, medication-induced nutrient depletions. And I was watching people experience this in my practice. I started to meet their unique nutrient needs while they were on these classes of medications and they did well. They were, you know, they improved a lot of these, you know, symptoms that they're experiencing went away. And so it was just this light bulb moment of, oh my gosh, this is a problem that no one's been addressing. It's a pharmaceutical truth. We know this, you know, we have tons of data about this, but we're not talking about it. And so my goal is to really unite medications and nutrition and usher in a better era of medication use that's more responsible and really gives people a better quality of life. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, it's, it's such a simple concept, right? It's, it's, it's almost like, why are we not thinking about this? Obviously, if you're taking a medication every single day, it's gonna be doing something to you. It's supposed to be doing something to you, but not necessarily the thing that it's doing to you is 100% good right there everything has you know positive and negatives every time you take a medicine there's a risk of some side effects and certainly if you take something for months or years that it's going to be doing something to you so we should be thinking about that other end not necessarily to say that you shouldn't be taking the medication because for example if you have a thyroid condition you need your thyroid medication then great that keeps you alive wonderful but are there any ways that we could minimize those side effects could we balance the body in some way could we uh, beforehand say, well, you know, you're taking this birth control every day. Well, here are the most common five issues that, that uh, women will have with this medication. So maybe we could supplement or do something else to prevent that, right? And that's that's kind of, or that is what you were doing with, with even, correct? <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. And that, 
You know, you, you bring something up really interesting, too, about the example of birth control, because as I started digging into the literature, the World Health Organization actually has an official statement about birth control depleting the body of these key nutrients, that this topic should be of high clinical relevance. You know, it, it's something that should be addressed when people either are initiating their birth control or, you know, if you're a provider, is something you should check in on. And I looked around, and I was like, no one, no one's doing this. And this is such a disservice to women and not just women, right? Medication users across the board. So it's something I'm really excited to get the word out because we, people need to be educated. Patients need to know this and then doctors need to know it, right? They're taught it in medical school. Pharmacists are too. But, you know, doctors have, what, seven minutes with a patient on average when you're, you know, they've got, they've got so much they have to sort through that there hasn't really been a practical way to implement this in the clinical practice until now. You know what's so so interesting? And what's so sad is I feel like, well, I'll just speak for myself and my experience. As soon as, I, as soon as I was an adult and out of the house and going to the doctor on my own, and I think, you know, they just um, handed me a prescription for the birth control pill. I was saying that my periods were irregular and they were irregular because I was, I was underweight. I had an eating disorder. That's another mm -hmm. podcast. But mm -hmm. instead of like digging into that, they just put me on the pill to regulate them. And then I had all of these other issues that, I mean, it took years and it was finally in a homeopathic doctor who said, get off the pill. This is what's mm -hmm. causing all of your problems. And, um, it's just interesting that um, the difference in when you're just at a Western medicine doctor, again, nothing wrong with that, but no, they don't want to talk about the side effects. Mm. That's been my yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, um, it's a tough one, even in a situation like that with an eating disorder, you know, knowing like estrogen levels are probably very low and what could happen to bone density. You know, the doctor probably didn't share any of that, but maybe like, okay, here we have somebody underweight but of course like so sad that wasn't addressed right first and foremost of the issue at hand but i think it's you know for me it's also this idea of i think women should have access to contraception in a way that like it's accessible there's not shame to it but also we're empowering women when you use these different forms of contraception whether it's to prevent pregnancy or to help with a medical condition. I'm all about root cause, but sometimes meds help us get there, right? They really do. And they can help with symptomatology that in the process, we need to build the bridge and support people as, you know, they're, they're using these medications that, you know, they, they're prescribed. So, yeah, and, it, and I think also from just the medical standpoint for a second, it's, it's a very, very difficult topic when you're dealing with patients. One, just like you said, Serena, you only have so much time. But two, there's so many possible side effects to any medication that you can't necessarily go through all of them. You definitely go through the major ones with people you're supposed to, and usually the pharmacist will do that as well. Um, and you might hear it once, people usually tune out, but it's also really hard to go, oh, you can have, get this, and you can get this, and you can get this, and you can get this. And, and sometimes the medication is really helpful, but it's really just a culture, a culture of we learn the major side effects. We learn, oh, this could theoretically cause cancer. Oh, this could cause a blood clot. You know, we're talking about 
uh, birth control. So yeah, you're definitely going to have conversation when you're starting that about clotting and, and those kind of risk factors. But everything else like bloating and stomach aches and moodiness, well, that's just kind of a acceptable side effect, right? Yeah, and, 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 and I mean, and, and that, and that it's, it's not death. It's not causing death. It's not going to cause you to get sued. Um, it's not you know, quote unquote major. So it's, it might be mentioned to you or it might be on the list of things if you read it, but it's not necessarily in the five minutes that you're with your doctor going to be the focus of your conversation. But it doesn't mean there aren't things that we can do to improve those symptoms so you can have a better life. And that's where, you know, working with nutrition or working in the, the natural or, you know, not even necessarily, this isn't really alternative medicine. This is just more of, uh, I don't know, I call it supplement world of bridging those two together because it's about not about are you okay it's about optimal you can you can still be okay when you're moody but you don't have to be moody if you could figure out the that the, there's a reason for that right and if there is a solution that's as simple as hey these are the nutrient deficiencies you're probably going to have with this medication you got to take every day let's give you a supplement then why wouldn't you try that right yeah and yeah. no doctor, no doctor would be against that. They really wouldn't. You just need yeah. to know about it. <laughs> you yeah, really the wouldn't. Way, the way I look at it too is in terms of not only the medication use, but also as you're talking about medical care. To me, this is complete care, where we're looking at both sides of the story. And you know, a lot of medications are derived from natural compounds. So a lot of people are like, "Oh, I don't want to do any of that. It's not natural." But like you said, we just have to realize that these meds have certain mechanisms of action that are beneficial, but at the same time, now we're learning what are the downstream other effects and how do we keep those to a minimum in a way that you get the benefits without the backlash. And that's what even is doing. Can you talk a little bit more about what well, we talk about birth control out? So maybe we start there. What, what are some of the, the deficiencies that you've seen uh, in your research that they're kind of a pattern of, of what you've been seeing through the patients that you've been yeah, with. Yeah, absolutely. So the big um, categories of nutrient depletions or MIND, the medication-induced nutrient depletions from hormonal forms of birth control, the most research is specifically on oral contraception. So mm -hmm. that's, you know, we've got all kinds of other ones, right? Like IUDs, Nexplanon, you know, patch ring, you know, that are, aren't as popular now. But when we look at that, uh, B vitamins as a category definitely have a lot of literature supporting the fact that women have lower levels and actual depletion on these different forms of birth control. And if we look at different B vitamins, a couple that I'll point out, vitamin B6, which is really important for tryptophan metabolism, which is an amino acid that uh, is used to make our feel-good serotonin and our sleep-well melatonin. And uh, about 80% of women have altered tryptophan metabolism. This pathway kind of gets gunked up within 30 to 90 days of starting birth control. Wow. So when we think about mood, when we think about sleep, when we think about gut, all these things that serotonin, melatonin play this crucial role in, it starts to make a lot of sense. So in interventional studies where they gave women the right form and dose of B6, they were able to completely correct tryptophan metabolism, which is awesome. Wow. So there's hope that, again, it, it's actually not that hard of a fix, right? We just have to do it. And there's, there's a lot of hope to it. So another um, B vitamin that I would just say is really important when we think about women of this demographic is folate, which is vitamin B9. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're 
pregnant, it's one of the most key nutrients that you want to have on board in early pregnancy for neural tube development. And birth control depletes this nutrient used in early pregnancy. And, you know, when we may be using birth control as a contraception, we also want to make sure the body's prepared in case there is pregnancy, right? Like going into a pregnancy with low folate's not a great idea. Right. And then uh, two other ones that I think are kind of the unsung heroes in the B vitamins are uh, vitamin B1, which is thiamine. And what's really interesting about thiamine and riboflavin, which is vitamin B2, is they're used to properly metabolize hormones in the liver. And they're kind of, again, like this was back from in the 1940s when they're looking at how the liver uses these nutrients to metabolize hormones. Without them, you cannot properly inactivate these hormonal metabolites, which is fascinating. And then thiamine is also used for proper um, acid base balance in our gut. So just like we get like lactic acid buildup in our muscles and they're sore when we work out really hard. If you have a lot of lactic acid in your gut, you can feel really nauseous, distressed. And that happens with a lot of different medications, including birth control. And it can be a reason for a lot of the GI issues and microbiome shifts because it's actually an environmental pH shift. So that's B vitamins. Then we have some antioxidants, uh, vitamin C and E specifically. And what happens is women on birth control actually have higher inflammatory markers. So their C-reactive protein in general tends to be higher, and these are from good size studies, as well as something called lipid peroxidase. So that's a kind of a marker of like your cell membranes or fat compounds being more inflamed in your body. And when they gave women vitamin C and E in the correct doses in these interventional studies, they were able to completely correct those markers, which is awesome. Again, right, there's tons of hope. And then there's a couple other minerals too, like magnesium, zinc, selenium that are really important. And then mitochondrial antioxidants, which are the little energy buddies supporting those because sometimes meds kind of take, make our energy buddies like, you know, they take a little hit in the process. And um, then we also have something in our medical food, even for birth control, that helps with hormonal metabolism because hormones are this like use it and lose it. I love how OB-GYNs say that. It's, it's so <laughs> smart where you want the hormone to do what it's supposed to do, but you don't want it to hang around. It's kind of like, mm. you know, you're like telling everybody to leave your house and you're like, <laughs> get out of here, the party's over, right? Like, leave, <laughs> don't hang around too long. So those are some of the big things in terms of the shifts that happen and some of the data points about nutrient depletions and how we really correct those pretty simply. And it's still, there's still a lot, you know, you went through a lot there in terms of the different nutrients. So from a, I guess, a patient perspective, so this is what you've tried to create with, with even, right? And, and this is where you're trying to, I guess, I'm assuming combine all the ingredients that you know, you're discussing and put them into a, a pill um, that you could take, I don't know, what, what, what is it, like once a day? So you take it with your, with your birth control pill or once a week or how, how does it work? Yeah, um, great question. So. <laughs> You know, when you're on a medication and you take a medication daily, it's really important to get those nutrients every day too. So what we've done is we've taken all the latest and greatest research and, you know, combed through it with our medical advisory team and really put it put together a formula of all the specific nutrient needs a medication user has for that specific category like birth control. 
And what we did is we actually have created medical foods. So medical foods are a little bit different than a dietary supplement. They have a very specific use. Um, they are used under the supervision of a physician. Everybody who uses a med has a prescribing doctor um, for a really specific reason. So this is actually our uh, products are designed to manage the nutrient depletions of these different medications. And it's and, and a, capsules. A, a medical food is one level above a supplement, right? It's more, it more scrutiny, more scrutiny than a supplement. It is, yeah, much more scrutiny. So it's a completely different category according to the FDA and what can classify as a medical food. So everything that goes into a medical food has to be what's called generally recognized as safe grass status. A lot of dietary supplements, probably about half to 60, maybe even 70% of ingredients on the market are not grass in dietary supplements. And then a medical food actually has to have uh, scientific substantiation behind it um, mm. and used again for a very specific purpose where like, you know, supplements can be across the board, right? And you can make structure function claims if they're allowed, but you can't really say what it's specifically for, for targeting something directed towards health. Um, or, you know, I, I should say more like disease management. Correct. So I mean, that's a really important distinction that most people would not realize is for a supplement, you cannot say that it treats something. You cannot say, oh, I, I take this uh, supplement to cure my cancer. Oh, I take this supplement to uh, heal my diabetes. You cannot say that. You could say, oh, this helps support the body. Oh, it helps support uh, your lungs. It helps support uh, your immune system, but you can't say that it treats something. Whereas a medical food is kind of somewhere in between a medication and a supplement where you can make a lot more in the way of claims because there's a lot more scrutiny on it. But obviously because there's a lot more scrutiny, then um, you've been, you have to go through a lot more, spend a lot more money, a lot more trials, a lot more research, whatever you have to do to actually get it approved, which is very hard. So that's why most things are not a medical food and they are a supplement because it's much easier to get a supplement. Doesn't mean a supplement can't be helpful but you you're targeting something more specific with a medical food and and this is where this becomes really interesting because again it's this is a lot more science-based than even a supplement is so it's yeah cool. <laughs> yeah I think it's, I, it's just been like the last year or two of my life uh, uh transitioning categories to launch these as medical foods <laughs> it, it's genius i mean i feel like so many of my friends my cousins my sister like we've all had the conversation bringing it back to birth control for a second of we feel like crap on birth control on the pill and so it's either I have to be on it or I have to be off of it right and yeah. then if I go off of it what you know what do, what do we do and um, this is just I mean it's genius it, it gives women another option to stay on it and also support their body with this medical food that can ease all of these other symptoms and I'm assuming that you there's medical foods for not just birth control but all kinds of antidepressants and different things as well? Yeah, absolutely. So we uh, currently have medical foods for hormonal forms of birth control, for antidepressants in the reuptake inhibitor category. So that would be things like SSRIs, SNRIs, SSNRIs, and then um, also statin medications, which are cholesterol-lowering meds that are actually used to prevent heart disease, stroke, all that. They have some really cool additional oh, wow. benefits on top of lowering cholesterol. Um, I come from a family of cardiologists, so I've always loved uh, cardiovascular health. 
and uh, we will be rapidly expanding into um, about 20 different uh, medication categories over the next uh, about 18 months. That's incredible. Yeah, we're excited. That's super cool. And, and, I, and I think it's, again, I want to go back to, it's so interesting that from, as a doctor, that doctors are so hesitant when it comes to some supplements, but not others. It's, it's always been a weird phenomenon to be where, it, you know, the American Academy of Pediatrics will say, every single kid needs vitamin D. You know, we need it every, you know, it's, it's important, give it to all the kids. Or every single pre- uh, pregnancy, you need your, your folic or, you know, folate, folic acid to prevent neural tube defects. But then you talk about another supplement, it's like, that's crazy, that's out there, that's woo. And, you know, again, it comes back to research, but we have to do this research because why would you not have supplement deficiencies if you're taking something every single day? Why would you not have this? So it's really, I think being a medical food is going to be really helpful for you guys in terms of uh, convincing the doctors because doctors need a lot of evidence always. And I think that's a good thing, you know, that we need evidence, but sometimes that just makes it take too long to actually get help when you need it. Um, but it sounds like, you know, I mean, just be, yeah, I'm super excited just to learn about all this stuff because it's really cool. And there, there, you just can, you know, sit here and think, well, how many, how many other products could you guys create? Yeah. <laughs> how many medications are there and, and how many different deficiencies could there be and once you get going you you know you guys or whoever can just start studying well, okay well, we have this thyroid medication that we give to everybody okay what are the most common five uh, supple- supplements that we could use and there's just thousands you know ADHD medication mm-hmm. um, all these things that are given every single day well there, there's got to be some help that we can give kids to help support them a little better yeah. What about also, I mean, I feel like this would help solve the problem of, you know, someone ends up on a medication and then there's so many side effects that they need this other thing to fix that problem and then that causes this problem and then they need this other thing. And, I mean, we know so many people that that are living this way with all of these pills. It feels like I'm not the doctor in this <laughs> in this so you, interview. You but it feels like on. to me that if you're yeah. evening things out with these medical foods that it could it could really stop that from spiraling mm-hmm. out of control. Absolutely. There's actually um, some really great studies uh, that are research papers uh, that are brilliant talking about this issue in terms of, you know, micronutrient depletions from medications are very under-recognized by clinicians. And it's not, again, their fault. It's, they're, you know, they're taught this quickly, then they have to see the patient, you know, they have to prioritize the most important thing to address. And this kind of gets thrown by the wayside. And what happens then is, it gets characterized maybe as another, you know, condition, or even in this paper, they said the aging process as a whole. And it's like, no, it's Hmm. not that. Like you can use a medication and feel well in the process. And that's the message we want to get out to the world. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is so cutting edge because I, I, I hope that one day, maybe 10 years from now, we'll be sitting here and you'll get your prescription for birth control and, you'll have a two pack of like the birth control plus the supplement, or you'll get, you know, both things together for the first time, or at least if you're having symptoms, then it'll be a first thought of, well, why don't we try this first? And then if it's not getting better, then we can, you know, make some changes or, or, you know, decide to come off of it. But to me, it's just such a cutting edge, cool new beginning for integrative medicine. This is truly integrative medicine. This is what it is. And too many times we, think it's some other world of woo woo crazy shaman or, or whatever but this is re- <laughs> but this is really what it is right there's nothing wrong with bringing the two worlds together to actually help patients and it's 
it's still a prescription from a doctor, but you just have your work cut out for you, I think, as a, as a, as a company to convince doctors to do this. And well, we had some it. really great ways <laughs> for working on getting this out to the world that it's integrated into that entire process. So really excited to uh, announce some of that in the coming months as, as more of that rolls out. Yeah, that would be cool. Where, I'm looking forward. Where can people <laughs> find you? Where can people find Even Products? How can, can, tell us how we can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So our website is feeleven.com. So that's F-E-E-L-E-V-E-N.com. And then on social media, we are at Even Health. Can, and can somebody get it for themselves if they need a prescription, right? They, so a medical food is not a prescription, so they can purchase it themselves. And uh, we have actually a product information sheet that we have them share with their physicians. So we do want them to share that. It's to be used under the supervision of a physician. So it's, you know, when, when you are able to share it in the portal with your doctor or the next appointment you have, it's great info to just say, hey, this is something that, you know, I'm taking along with my medication. And that's uh, what's required in terms of a medical food. Got it. So then we, we won't have to see you guys with commercials on TV saying, ask your doctor if you were having these symptoms. <laughs> well, Check out we, even. We kind of want to do that, but we want to do the reverse of start with all the things at the end of the commercial. And somebody's like, wait, wait a minute, what? Like, what if we could wipe all that away, right? Or at least a lot of the more minor ones of that are unnecessary suffering. So we'll see, we're working on some pretty fun, creative uh, content right now for our advertising. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Very cool. I, okay. I love the conversation too about about uh, birth control pill and, and just young women. I feel like a lot of women don't even know how they're supposed to feel until they make a decision to maybe go off the pill in their 20s or 30s. That, that's what happened to me. I was like, oh, well this is how I'm supposed to feel. And if, if if more doctors are having these conversations about what these depletions can do and how they can make you feel, we're going to start to understand our bodies better earlier. I agree. And I think it's really important too to be our own health advocates and, you know, moms listening to this, teenagers mm -hmm. learning these things earlier on so that they can really be empowered from a young age and not have to look back. I have so many women who are like, Sarah, I wish I would have known this 20 years ago. Me too. It would have I'm one of them. changed my life. Yeah. So I am on a mission to make that a reality. It's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, no, I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, for chatting with us. This is super interesting, cutting edge stuff. Everyone's way ahead of the, the curve here. You're going to you're gonna be the, the first ones to know about these really cool products. So Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to be looking for your commercials. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. It was wonderful to be on today. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks. Wow. She's amazing. Truly. What she's created is really cool. I hope this is our future. I do too. I really do. I think it's a, just a brilliant idea. I said it before and I'll say it again. It's, this is what we should be doing logically. There's no, there's no brilliance really behind this. This is common sense, but it just hasn't been done. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, and going back uh, from our episode last week, we talked with Thomas Nicholas about allergies, uh, and we got a really great parent question in about allergies. So, Dr. Joel, take it away on answering this woman's question. <laughs> Hi, Serene and Dr. Gator. I'm really excited about your new podcast. My name is Mandy. I have three kids, 14, 11, and five years old. My question for you today is in regards to seasonal allergies and food sensitivities and the relationship between the two, if any. 
My son had a pretty severe allergic reaction to something a few years ago. When we took him to the allergist, he told us he couldn't determine what my son was allergic to at the time because my son was experiencing what he called as writer's skin. What I'm wondering is, do the seasonal allergies my son does experience increase his food sensitivities during that time of the year? Is there a relationship between those two things? I just don't know what I don't know. So I'm looking to you for guidance, Dr. Gator. Thank you. Sure. Well, thank you so much for that question. And it's a it's a really good question. And I don't think, well, I know that we don't 100% know the answer to that question at this point. Logically, any uh, inflammation, any allergic type symptoms can affect anything else in your body. So certainly other allergies, but we just don't totally understand everything about allergies uh, yet. But if you want to get into the specifics of what I have seen, you know, definitely a child who has seasonal allergies, their body's already inflamed um, at that time of year. And so if they have a mild uh, food sensitivity, then that can certainly flare um, those more, more easily because your body's already in this state of, of inflammation and already in this state of you know, having an issue with the seasonal allergies. So it just doesn't have that reserve um, to really not react to the food and and so everyone's a little bit different and some kids will react more or less but definitely a child who has a sensitivity to something or an allergy to something um, when they're reacting to that item it's going to affect everything else so in my experience it it does exacerbate uh, food allergies food sensitivities uh, autoimmune conditions eczema those kind of things Thank you so much. Great question and great answer, doctor. Always love you on your soapbox. And yeah, this is a reminder. If you have any questions for the doc or me, of course, um, please send them in. Uh, We want to hear from you. We want to hear your voice. You can email them to us. You can email them to us in a little voice memo. Super easy. And we'll put them on the show. And um, so, yeah, let's keep finding ways to balance ourselves, our mind, our bodies, our spirits, and keep raising the bar on ourselves so we can raise amazing children. Thank you all so much for joining us each week. Please be sure to subscribe to the Raising Amazing podcast so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at Raising Amazing Podcast to catch any extra fun goodies for you and your kiddos. And if you'd like to submit a question to be featured on the show, you can send in your questions to RaisingAmazingPodcast at gmail.com along with your name and your city. That's it for us for now. We'll catch you next Wednesday on raising amazing. Happy parenting. May the force be with you.